Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. How are we connected? One of John Wesley's main focuses was that we remain connected to God, to those around us, and to our world. This means working with our brothers and sisters in Christ to discern God's work and then act in ministry to or with our world. Connection points to Methodism's origins by referring to the relationships that exist between preachers, people, and God. This practice of joining together for God's work is one that even the Apostle Paul knew to be very important. In this week's message of the week, our Back to the Basics series brings us to the topic of connection. How do we stay connected to God, to our family and friends, to our church community? Pastor Bryce Blank shares from Philippians 1 and gives us some tangible ways to connect in every aspect of our lives. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. God, today as we're gathered here in this place, we ask that you would speak to us, that we might be willing to hear and act on what you say, and that if there is something in between us, that that would be broken down so that we have a relationship with you. In this we pray. Amen. So today we are continuing in our Back to the Basics series, looking at the basics, the foundations of our Christian faith and practice. The last couple of weeks, we looked at scripture, how to read it, what it is. We looked at prayer, how to have a conversation with God. What is prayer? Why do we do it? How do you do it? Today, we're going to continue on with connection and what connection means for us and why it's important. And so our text today comes from Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. And as I read along on the screen, I invite you to do so with me. I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers. I'm thankful for all of you every time I pray. And it's always a prayer full of joy. I'm glad because of the way you have been my partners in ministry, in the ministry of the gospel, from the time you first believed it until now. I'm sure about this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Christ Jesus. I have good reason to think this about all of you, because I keep you in my heart. You are all my partners in God's grace, both during my time in prison and in the defense and support of the gospel. God is my witness that I feel affection for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. This is the word of God spoken for us today. So connection failed. Connection, wait with anticipation, failed. Have you ever tried to connect to the internet with your phone or your TV or your computer and you're stuck waiting with one of the greatest struggles of all time for that connection successful message? I know connecting to the internet or using technology is definitely a first world problem and there are many, many big problems in our world. But I would argue that connecting to the internet and failing is one of the most frustrating struggles that we deal with. And it's a task that you think would only take a few seconds, right? Connecting to the internet sounds pretty simple, but it never is. And have you ever tried to connect to the internet thinking that it would just go really smoothly and then it's almost there and then you get that message, the dreaded message, connection failed, right? You take the steps, you connect to Wi-Fi, 
If you don't know what that is, just know it's a painful step in the process. You connect to Wi-Fi, you enter in the right password after looking it up and figuring out which letters are capital and which you know, numbers you need to include. You enter in sometimes the little pin that you have to put in, and then you press the button and you wait with anticipation, and you see the loading symbol. And then connection failed, and you have to start all over again, right? It's so frustrating. And the worst part is when you receive that loading signal. As a kid, I used to call it the circle of doom because when it comes up, you're just, you're waiting with anticipation. But sometimes, at least on older technology, that, that, that little circle never went away and you were just stuck with the loading page for the rest of eternity. You had to restart everything and boot it all back up. And then of course, that means starting the process all over. Have you ever felt like you were trying to make a connection and you got that dreaded connection failed message? Maybe you weren't trying to connect to technology, but maybe it was connecting to a social group. Maybe you were trying to connect with a friend or an acquaintance and make that connection stronger, and you realized that you just weren't on the same page. Maybe, like me all the time, you failed to connect to an audience when you're telling a story or a joke, and you get to the punchline and you look around, you realize nobody's with you. Connection failed, right? Have you ever tried to connect with a family member? Maybe you've spent so much time apart and you get back together and you realize you don't really share a lot of common anymore. You have become out of touch. Connection failed. Maybe you've tried to foster a romantic relationship or a relationship with a coworker and you, and you've, you know, you've really put yourself out there and you try to get out of your comfort zone, make that connection, but it doesn't work out. Connection failed. Today, in our world, we experience more isolation than ever before. But also, we are supposedly more connected than ever before through social media, through the internet, through the news, through the ability to drive places we hadn't been able to go before, cover distances through plane and other means of transportation quicker than ever before. We have FaceTime messaging, we have texting, we have all these abilities to connect and communicate with the world around us. But I argue that we are more isolated than ever before. We lack sometimes physical, but emotional and mental presence with those in the world around us. And if you disagree with my statement, I invite you to do an exercise I did this week, which is to observe our community here in Watertown or wherever your community might be. Observe the people around you and see how many people are actually interacting with each other like having conversations with each other that's not through a screen, whether a computer, a phone, or a TV. Because like me, you might be surprised. We have replaced as a whole people, connection with people, with connection to our screens. Now, the writer Andy Crouch in his book, Culture Making, which is talking about how to make or change culture, talks about the platform MySpace, which was kind of a precursor to the social media platform Facebook, which is a little more well-known now. And he says this. He says, you might expect that in an era of mobility and technology, a site like MySpace would be a global village, leading to an explosion in the number of relationships available to any given person. Well, what he's saying is while we have access 
to more relationships than ever before through digital platforms. That doesn't mean that we're making real connections. God created us to be relational beings. We are wired for connection. And even though we might tell ourselves otherwise, we need a village, as as Randy Crouch says, we need a group of people to move forward, to support us. And when we overlook that need, that need for real connection, that need for a village, connection failed. We realize we're not connecting with God. When we look at the founders of Methodism, those who joined now, appropriate day, the United Methodist Church, we see that John and Charles Wesley learned and leaned into the importance of being connected to a Christian faith community. They might even say that connection is community. Back in 1738, the Wesley brothers were in London trying to kind of start this. Well, they weren't trying to start a Methodist movement, but they were starting a movement of people who were living their lives differently as Christians, set apart as Christians. And they received a lot of pushback from skeptics, from those who thought they were wasting their time or not actually following Christ. And so in reflection to that hostile sometimes environment, the writer Randy Maddox says this. He says that the cognitive dissonance of such a situation is intense. Without the support of community that shares one's view of reality, it is difficult to continue following or affirming it. Therefore, the brothers encouraged their early followers to gather often for mutual encouragement and support. As early participants in the Methodist movement, as Christians, they faced struggle. They faced pushback. They faced skepticism as they were trying to live their life to a higher standard that Christ was calling them to. And to combat that, they realized they needed community. They needed community support. They needed community that came together regularly for encouragement, for support, for fellowship. Friends, that's why we are here today, right? We have come together to be part of community regularly. We don't just decide that, hey, we're going to have church service on 5 o'clock on a Tuesday and then 3.30 on a Thursday afternoon, right? We know we're meeting every weekend to gather together as this body, as this community. And John Wesley once said that the gospel of Christ knows no religion, but social. No holiness, but social holiness. And as people seeking to be like Christ, we need each other. We can't become like Jesus without real connection, without really interacting with others. We are social beings, and yes, that means even the introverts among us, you don't have to raise your hand, we need connection. A successful connection, that's where transformation towards Christ occurs. That's why we do these things in community. We do communion in community. That's why we welcome members together in community. Now, in our scripture from Philippians, the Apostle Paul has written this letter from prison. And we see, or he sees, the benefit of a a successful connection to God, to each other, and to the world. Paul is writing 
to the church in Philippi, this community of Christian believers, by, and he's encouraged by what he sees in them, despite his own circumstances. Because he knows that he is in prison, he might feel alone and separated. But he still has been built up, and he feels like he is a part of this essential Christian community of believers. In our text, he says, he describes this community as his partners in ministry with him. Partners that have started a new culture, one characterized by their identity in Jesus Christ rather than their identity in the world. Paul knows that following Jesus has created hardship for them. They've had to let go of some of their practices and pick up new ones that are equally hard to follow through with and carry. They have also dealt with their own fair share of pushback. These people in Philippi, like the Wesley brothers and other members of that Methodist movement, have faced pushback over and over as they've tried to share a new way of living in a world that doesn't want to hear it. Now, does that sound familiar to you? The idea of trying to share a life, your life, as a Christian in our world? Have you received or faced pushback? Have people told you that you are weird or that you're wasting your time? Maybe they haven't told you directly, but by the way that they, their facial expressions show or maybe side comments they've made, you, tell, you know that they are not receiving your message. <clears throat> Maybe you found it hard to follow Christ because of the pushback that you've received that is completely passive. From voices, <clears throat> excuse me, that have not directly opposed Christianity, but have done so by the things that have not been said. Voices that say there is a higher priority than worship. Voices that say that life without prayer is no different than a life directly in communication with God. Voices that say we can get as much from the Bible as we can from a book on self-help. Voices that say we are broken beyond repair and that God is dead and we are not being saved. Voices that say churches no longer have anything offer to communities. Voices that say social media or news or whatever platform we look to is the only kind of social interaction we need. Voices that say we will find purpose and fulfillment in the products or services that are being sold. All voices that say being Christian is just a title to help us feel better about the way we live our lives. All voices that do not want to hear about the work of God and the truth of Jesus in our lives. All voices that promote a failed connection to God, to each other, and to the world. Paul and the Philippians know how we feel, at least not directly, but in essence, as they try to stand apart from the world. But like Paul, we are not to be disheartened. Paul was encouraged by connection to the one who never fails, to our God, a God that is good and that is doing good work in the world, like the Philippian community like that early church community who was called to come together in ministry for Jesus Christ, called to share their gifts, their talents, their resources, their energy, their hardships, their joys, their failures, 
and their celebrations. Called to hold each other accountable to a higher standard where those who are forgotten or in need are looked after. Called to offer grace and defense of the gospel. Called to be a community in this way they were. Even as Paul remained separate from the Philippian community in prison, he felt the power of what was going on with his partners in ministry, and that gave him hope. That same supportive community that the Philippians were called to, and the same social spirituality that the Wesleyans identified, is the same connection that we are called to. Connection to God, connection to each other, connection to our world. And so as we connect to God, we are fueled, we are filled. We find purpose, hope, and guidance. And we connect to God in a variety of ways, which we've mentioned already in our series, right? We connect to God through the reading of God's word. We engage in scripture. We connect through talking to God in prayer. And when we connect to God, our lives, our thoughts, our words, our actions will flow from that foundation of God. When we look at others, when we think about others, when we talk to them, we will see the goodness in them. We will see the love of Jesus reflected in their lives. From God's guidance, the connection we share with others in our community will be flourished and that will bring about transformation towards Christ. As we connect to others with support that God has for us, we will then show Jesus Christ as a community a community that reflects the connection we have to our God and the culture that has changed, especially speaking to a culture or a world that is unchristlike in a lot of ways. We will be able to reflect the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So maybe you keep receiving that connection failed message when it comes to God, others, or our world. Maybe you've been waiting so long for that successful product of your work, but all that you've received is that circle of doom, as I called it as a kid, waiting for the inevitable message failed. Time and time again, maybe you've tried to pray. Maybe you've tried to read your Bible, and you end with that connection failed message. Maybe you've tried to make friends or reach out beyond who you've connected with before, but have yet again not been able to do so. Connection failed. Maybe you're realizing you've spent a majority of your time in front of a screen, whatever screen that might be, and realize that you have, wit- you have lost out on the ability and the opportunity to find and foster real relationships. Connection failed. If that's you, you're not alone. We've all failed to connect to others on some level. We've all missed out on the opportunity to share in the Christian life together, in the life that we are called to. But thankfully, look around the room, we have each other. As the Wesleys said, as Paul 
and the Philippian church. And Jesus would say, connection is community. And in this connection we call community, God is present and God is at work. We have support for one another. We can do far more than we ever could do alone. We have encouragement. We have hope. And if we're willing to have real connection, real connection that social media and other platforms can only hope to offer to us, a real connection that builds us up as Christians and shows us a different way of living our lives, characterized by the love of Christ. There in that kind of community, we find transformation. Connection successful. Let us pray. Loving God, we face many challenges in our life and connection is chief among those. And so as we seek to live our lives the way you are calling us to, as we seek to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we ask for your help to allow us to see what we might not have been able to see before, to allow us to establish real connection with you and that that connection might flourish in us, might guide us and might be the point of action for everything that we do. Help us to connect with you this day and every day forward. In this we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.